to another episode of Why Cheat and Steal, the podcast about liars, frauds, thieves, and bullshitters. I'm your host, Pat Royce. With me, as always, my co-host, Kath Barbadoro. Hi, Pat. How you doing? And uh, don't thank everybody for tuning in today. Just remind you guys that we are a bi-monthly podcast. It's available on Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play. Uh, if you haven't already, if you haven't already, be sure to give us a five-star review on whatever platform you're listening to us on, and leave us a short review. That's one of the easiest ways to help support the show. We also release two more episodes every month on Patreon. So if you like what you hear, visit Patreon.com/slash Lie, Cheat, and Steal to sign up to two more scam stories every month, as well as access to our entire back catalog and our Discord server. So, pretty fun stuff out there. Uh, Kath, how are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. I did a bunch of cooking today. Um, I'm very excited about this chicken I roasted. Oh Ooh. man, let me tell you. Yeah, so, yeah. Hit me. I, I'm on the road e- eating nothing. Like, yeah, I've been traveling. Anything home cooked, I'm, I want to hear about it. All right. So you're going to be very jealous. Um, I got this chicken. I marinated it in buttermilk, harissa Ooh. paste, which is like a spicy North African pepper paste. Uh, really? Buttermilk, harissa paste, garlic, um, pomegranate molasses, which is another like Middle Eastern what? ingredient. And so I marinated it in all that and salt for uh, 24 hours. And then I roasted it and I put a bunch of slices of bread, shallots and garlic underneath the chicken when it roasted. So all the drippings toasted the bread. And I'm going to make that into croutons. I'm going to make a chicken salad. Yeah, man. Get all the way the fuck out of town. That is incredible. It is so good. (laughs) The problem is that, like, I really wanted to roast a chicken because I just like it's it's a fun like exercise or whatever like it, it's just exciting to have a whole t- to do a whole chicken yeah and I got like the smallest chicken at the store it was like maybe two and a half pounds but I'm only one woman I can only eat <laughs> so much chicken so I don't know what I'm gonna do I did the same because I like I've just been really into cooking this week and I made um I made this really nice like lemon uh, blueberry yogurt cake the other day. And it's like, great. But it's like, now I got a fucking whole cake. I can't have a cake in my house. <laughs> yeah, that is, that is a liability. Yo. It is absolutely <laughs> a liability. So I cut it all up and I, fr- I froze about three quarters of it. So I was like, if I want to have a slice of this cake, I have to want it enough that I'm going to be willing to like yeah. thaw it out. Uh, you know, it, it needs to be a, like hour-long process before yeah. I can eat this cake. <laughs> because, man, like, the quarter of it that I did not freeze, it is almost gone. So uh, yeah, yeah. So, that sounds like it's banging. Yo. Like, yeah, like, my my girlfriend has a much healthier relationship with sweets than I do. Like, And she can, like, buy, like, I don't know, like, a little thing of those um, those real good, like, uh, caramel and watermelon tamarind lollipops kind of mm. kind of deals. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah, I'm a sucker for Mexican candy. She could buy a bag of those and enjoy one like a normal person, like every other couple days. Yeah, man. And I'm like, yo, if I have the day off and I'm like smoking, and you leave me with that bag of lollipops, it's like, yeah, say goodbye. <laughs> it's, yeah, yeah, it's gonna be a guy. It's gonna be a goddamn bloodbath. I like <laughs> the only thing that I like have, which is weird because I feel like it's something that a lot of people don't have this kind of control with. I have like, no, I can't. I can't have chips in the house. I can't have like, yeah, anything like snacky. I can't keep in the house because I'll just eat it all in one sitting. Um, the one thing that I can keep is ice cream. I don't know why. I will not. Ooh, wow. I will not do the whole pint of ice cream. It just it makes me feel too bad. Like, oh really? I can't do yeah. it. So I will. I mean, but it's still like I will still eat. Uh, a lot of it like i still yeah. shouldn't have ice cream in my house if i'm trying to be healthy but like yeah. but i won't i won't do the thing where i eat the whole pint at once like that's the one thing i have control about i still everything else is gone <laughs> yeah. I, I i yeah that's a, that's a hard one for me man i me and sid will each get like a pint and mm-hmm. she'll just have like a few little spoonfuls and be like i really enjoyed that and then i'll just destroy mine yeah and then like th- three nights later hers is just looking at me it's like what am i gonna do you know <laughs> like what am i yeah, what Well, that's like, that's the struggle with, I live right by this really great grocery store, which is, you know, I got this really nice chicken the other day. I, I've like, I bought a bunch of stuff at the grocery store to like make, you know, many meals worth of food. 
but like it's only cost effective if I don't eat all the food in like two yeah, days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, man, that, you know, that, that, that's the fallacy like, of grocery shopping. Exactly. Like especially now with inflation and shit, it's like I don't know, yeah. man. Maybe DoorDash would be healthier. <laughs> like, yeah. unclear. But man, anyway, I, this I'm, chicken was great. Uh, hell yeah, I'm so happy for that. I'm, I'm in Montana right now. I'm in Helena, Montana. Wonderful city. I uh, got a chance to do a bunch of walking around today. It's been great. Um, I love this part of the country. I love Wyoming. I love Montana. I just think they look cool. They just got like, you know, like, like it's, you know, it's just, I don't know, something awesome about this part of the world to me. It's beautiful. But, yeah, um, all the mountains and the wilderness yeah, and it's The food, the food, not really hitting. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, like, I, not known I, for its vibrant cuisine. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For yeah. sure. It, it, it's like, there's a couple things that you'll get where it's like, okay, we're Montana. Like, we have access to cow and that will be reflected sure. heavily uh but like you know there's that but there's nothing like where it's like hey come on down to montana and get one of those good old but it's usually just like burgers you like burgers well ours is five pounds because the cow lives here <laughs> it's just, it's, that's pretty much where where like the the uh the adventurousness comes in with the food yeah. out here. So <laughs> looking looking forward to getting more uh, towards the coastal region in the next couple days. No offense. <laughs> I do love it out here. Beautiful country. Uh, you know, speaking of not being able to help yourself, <laughs> uh, I wanted to talk today about this is um, okay, this reminds me of when we did the coronavirus episode. And we had a, we had a preface up front. I'm not saying coronavirus is a scam. I was saying there are scams yes. surrounding coronavirus. So, mm-hmm. um, I want to talk today about fentanyl, everyone's Ooh. favorite. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, the fent. Basically, I was so I think we are all a lot of us are on same Twitter, problem. Are I get enough fentanyl for the week, and then yeah, bam, yeah, yeah, yeah. two days in, <laughs> two I'm days eating in, all my I, fentanyl. I, yeah, I'm dead. <laughs> in a hotel and I don't want to, I don't want to make light I've lost friends in the last couple of years so like if you're out there if it feels like you know we're being like a little too jokey today uh I, I, I for, for what it's worth I had this uh, this is something that's impact, affected my life very yeah. severely in the last couple of years so I'm likewise not, I mean this is yeah. a this is an extremely serious problem uh, if you're alive in America right now this is just <laughs> kind of like it's, yeah there's not like there's not really one subset of people that are are, are, are exempt from this um, not, not even first responders. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So like, we know it's real, but there are people yeah. out there who are, <laughs> yeah. As with any have a real very thing. interesting relationship to fentanyl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To say the least. So I wanted to talk today, uh, just about a lot of these stories that we're hearing today about people ODing on fentanyl and, uh, in the circumstances in which it can happen. And we, we wanted to dispel some of the myths and, and get to the bottom of some things. This was spurred on by uh, a story that broke this weekend about the woman picking up the dollar off the ground. Uh, did mm-hmm. you see this on Twitter? Yeah, I did. Yeah, so, she was she was on a road trip and there was a <laughs> stray dollar in a McDonald's and she picked it up and she passed yeah. out. Am I? Do I have it, this, that right? Pa- yeah, yeah, yeah. You do. Now, I was like at first I heard that I was like, yeah, it makes sense. She was overjoyed. I would also pass out. I would be like. <laughs> Hell yeah, a buck. And I'm like, I mean, a dollar at McDonald's is one of the few places you can find a dollar where you can actually put it to work. So that's, you can that's, exchange that's, it for an yeah. actual <laughs> item. It's yeah, like exactly. one of the only places. Exactly. Uh, yeah, but no, she... Finding a dollar in a McDonald's is like finding $20 on the sidewalk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You can just walk right into the counter and you can get delicious hot fries. But, uh, but yeah, so like... So yeah, she they showed a picture of her and she looked like someone let the air out of her. She was just deflated, and it's just she was this... on a gurney, right? She was like yeah, she... yeah, yeah. She Some was, shit she was, happened. She was gurned. Yeah, she was gurned up, and uh, <laughs> I just started thinking about this this uh, this this uh, phenomenon lately that's been happening about the dangers of fentanyl, but more specifically, uh, cops claiming that they're ODing on fentanyl, mm-hmm. and um, you know. I guess if you're slipping into drugs enough, you know, <laughs> you're good, it's going to happen. But that's a whole other conspiracy theory. But, yeah, <laughs> uh, so we're, we're going to start today. I just want to take us back a little bit back in time uh, to kind of like the OG of the uh, fake first responder fentanyl overdose story thread. And here we are. It's July 3rd, 2021, San Diego, California. San Diego Sheriff's Deputy David uh, Five Eye is processing drugs at the scene of an arrest. Cops in the scene had determined that the drugs present contained fentanyl. 
That day, Deputy Fivey had been training under Corporal Scott Crane, and Crane was using the seizure as a learning opportunity to educate Fivey on the dangers of handling fentanyl. Now, in body cam footage released by the Sheriff's Department, Deputy Fivey can be seen placing his face pretty close to the drug. Corporal Crane can be heard telling Fivey that he needs to back up for his safety. Quote, the stuff is no joke, he tells him. You, can get, you can't get that close to it. Seconds later, Five Eye collapses to the ground. He's stone-faced and unresponsive. Crane would later say the deputy was struggling to breathe. Crane administered Narcan to Five Eye, always have it on hand, and repeatedly yelled that he wasn't going to let him die. Very dramatic video. Drama! Yeah, 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 yeah. My God! <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, just, yeah, like, yeah, I'm not letting you die on me. No, so yeah, it was very, um, very 80s movie. So... <laughs> Now, according to Crane, Five Eye, who was quickly transported to the hospital, was overdosing. As Crane said, he was ODing the whole way to the hospital. Which is, <laughs> <laughs> when you definitely yeah. know what ODing yeah, means yeah. and is. Man, I OD'd the whole fucking way to the hospital, the whole man. I'll tell you that, bro. Oh, when man, I was I, in yeah. school, we had to OD 15 miles <laughs> yeah, each yeah, way. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so, the harrowing body cam footage was eventually released to the public in an effort to warn people of just how dangerous fentanyl can be. <laughs> Not just to the people who knowingly or unknowingly ingest it, but to the innocent bystanders who may come in contact with, into contact with the drug. First responders, CAF, all right, who have, who have front to Frontline heroes. Yeah, frontline heroes. The first people to show up and the last people to leave. Of course, um, the people, the first people who show up to a drug offense. Definitely yeah, going to be yeah, heroes. Yeah. That's who. That's who gets called when someone yeah, is yeah, doing yeah. drugs. I say the first people who showed up are the people doing drugs, and they are the <laughs> heroes. That's what I, I'll, I'll, I'll stand by that. Yeah, the real first responders, the guys already smoking the joint. Okay, that is. Yeah. Um, with the whole time that the whole like uh, first to show up, last to leave, kind of thing. Um, I heard there was a an online dust up about a comedian one time and somebody was defending that comedian and they were like, he's the hardest working dude out there. He's always the first guy to show up and the last to leave. And I was like, that doesn't, that, that parallel doesn't work with our profession. Like, Absolutely not. That in, in every comedy scene, that is the most annoying person. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. To yeah. A, to a man. That is. Yeah. Also if, you, if you're working at a comedy, if you're working comic, you're at a, working at a comedy club, you're never the last person to leave. Cause that's not your fucking comedy club. Like somebody else has right. to no, if clean you're, the floor. You're the first person to show up and the last person to leave, and you're a comedian. You're an alcoholic. That's yeah, what that yeah, means. Yeah. <laughs> you have a drinking problem. Yeah. So he. Uh, yeah. So. Yeah. So the first responders that have to interact with fentanyl as part of their jobs, keeping us safe. All right. While the sheriff's department stands by the video as an archive of what of, uh, of what one of the world's deadliest street drugs can do just by being in its presence. Some experts saw it as an improbable, if not impossible, incident. So they point to research that has yet to validate law enforcement claims that just being near the drug or touching it can lead to overdoses. It's so, okay, the, like, it's so strange to me that it got to the point where they were like, we should release this to the public without any, like, without going through any person who knew enough about fentanyl no. <laughs> to know that this is, like, not... Like, I like you, you, none of you like know or like have a spouse or like a family member that's a nurse. Like none of you yeah, nobody know yeah, anyone. Yeah. It's just so weird that it got to the point where they're like, well, we got to get this video out there. Like, yeah. this is really important. And then, of course, as soon as they did that, people who are knowledgeable about this drug were like, this is not how this happens. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It doesn't, doesn't make any fucking sense. If the person, so like the, the for that day uh, about deputy five, I, they believe he may have had a, uh, a panic attack. He may have locked his knees while he was standing. Mm-hmm. I'm of the school that he may have fucking taken a fat rip of that fentanyl before, like <laughs> <laughs> before the camera turned on. I don't know. Who knows? But I yeah, mean, so, like the power of suggestion is is really really powerful and like if his boss is telling him yeah this is really serious stuff you can't get that close to it like i can see i can see him getting like sort of temporarily physically overwhelmed by that in a way that like completely and once you think that's what's happening that's you know that's what you know you're like you know because because here's the cops are fundamentally different from normal people (laughs) because they don't they don't have it 
I, 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 I'm going to get into that in a, in, a, in, a, in a little bit about my thoughts about why they're doing this, and we'll get well, yeah, into that. Yeah, they're physiologically but. more susceptible to fentanyl. That's how they're yeah, not yeah, like normal yeah, people. Yeah. <laughs> Cops, yeah, most humans are like 70% water. Cops are like 60% water, 10% just bitch made. It's like dark, it's like dark matter. And it just holds, it's just a whole bunch of bitch made shit. And it just holds together. And they've never done drugs. You know what I'm saying? Like, they don't know, like, you tell them, like, this is what a drug does. And they're like, wiggity, what? And then, like, they start, yeah, it, it's, uh, they're the worst. Okay, yeah, it's, it's like, if, like, like, uh, like a bunch of nerdy kids that, like, like, uh, I don't know, like, Ninth grade band, like not like not like not like tenth, eleventh grade band where they're like you know starting to finger fuck or whatever. Like ninth grade band, where they're <laughs> they're just like super nerdy and they go to a party and like word breaks out that like somebody poured Jim Beam in the fucking punch and they're just like oh god I'm having a heart attack like we're that kind all of gonna thing. die yeah yeah, yeah 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 those are those are cops they're, they're like the fucking dean the dean in the college episode of The Simpsons are like somebody spiked the punch don't worry everyone's parents have been notified. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, so the uh, yeah, so when people saw this video, um, there was one guy. He said, "We have a lot of scientific evidence and a good knowledge of chemical laws and the way that these drugs work that says this is impossible. You can't just touch fentanyl and overdose." He said, "It doesn't just get into the air and make people overdose." Um, <clears throat> yeah, the academics uh, academics at University of California, San Diego, and North Carolina's nonprofit Research Triangle International published a paper in June in the peer-reviewed International Journal of Drug Policy that concluded there are no confirmed touch-based cases of first responder, fit, first responder fentanyl overdoses, even when Narcan was used to revive them. Citing similar conclusions on skin tone to contact from the American College of Medical Toxicology and the American Academy of Clinical Toxicology, the International Journal of Drug Policy also suggested that panic attacks were at work and that hyperbolic information about fentanyl didn't help. Um, That's the other thing, too, is like with Narcan is because I've like I've done a, a Narcan training and stuff at my work and like it they really emphasize like if you give this to someone who's not overdosing. nothing will happen like it's not yeah it's not like bad for you it's not like anything happens if you give narcan to someone who is not od so like yeah i mean like i'm sure something happened but like it doesn't like fuck you up there it's not like dangerous so and they really emphasize this because they're like you know if you're if if you think someone might be overdosing but you're not sure it's better to just give them narcan because it's not it's not gonna like interact with anything it's not it's like you know, maybe it makes you feel a little funny, but like it doesn't um, have any serious consequences. So like the fact that they were revived with Narcan doesn't really mean anything because yeah. it, it also is just like time passed. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, I, I, I did not know that. That's, yeah. that that's, I could stand to take some training in that department. I'm sure. I'm, I mean, I'm sure like someone who is more knowledgeable about this stuff is like, actually, it makes your body temperature go up. Or yeah. whatever. But like it does it doesn't do anything super significant. Um, but yeah, I highly recommend like if, look up if if uh, I, a lot of like mutual aid groups and and street medics and stuff. Just you and everybody, anybody listening, a lot of places will hold free Narcan trainings. They take like fifteen minutes and then they give you Narcan. So like, it's just a really good thing to have and it's free. And now you then you know how to use it. So for yeah. sure, but yeah, yeah, get up. It's a nice thing. Yeah, to, get out there. Nice thing to to keep on. Yeah, I always keep it in my purse. Yep, get out there, get educated about that stuff. I, uh, I've stayed in a hotel that seems very nice here in Helena, but I could, I could, I, I just, I get the feeling this Narcan's been busted out here a few times. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, so like, like one woman, um, her name is uh, Tara Stamos. She's the executive director of the Harm Reduction Coalition of San Diego. Uh, says that you know she's faced potential fentanyl exposure nearly every day when she hands out clean needles to addicts, uh, you know, at their at their clinic. And she says, "I haven't had a response." So yeah, this is a drug that is used regularly in hospitals. Yeah, like, there yeah, are yeah. Tons and tons of people who come into contact with this. The real risk factor is 
being a cop is like the main yeah, 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 the yeah, main yeah. risk factor for this problem yeah. it seems it's, like it's gonna activate all the bitch made particles in your body no, exactly I, I, uh, <laughs> they're yeah. gonna turn against you and yeah you yeah down. yeah your body's just not ready for it man you never partied <laughs> enough but so the deputy deputy day five i who was standing uh at the rear of the patrol suv processing the drugs that they allegedly found the jeep that day he said i remember not feeling right and then i fell back and i don't remember anything after that and a sheriff's department spokeswoman said the deputy was out of the country and unavailable for interviews now that was on july 3rd that happened and, and it, it they dropped their video on july or august 5th of that year so by august 10th the sheriff's department had confirmed that a medical professional never once confirmed that deputy five i was experiencing an overdose uh he said that he was the one that called it an overdose and no he is not a doctor um <laughs> <laughs> now, the main sheriff, Bill Gore, admitted that the yeah, the entire video that they released was produced without any input from physicians. So no one wearing a <laughs> pair of scrubs, not even a fucking lady working the counter at like an iMart Express. No one <laughs> even tangentially related to the medical industry or to the medical profession. Um, and it's also important to note that it took an overwhelming backlash for medical professionals to get local news sources to question this completely imagined threat that was served to them on a platter by local law enforcement. And this is we're just starting to see the level of dishonesty that a local law enforcement agency can just inject into the media sphere. And they're going to lap it up and they're going to regurgitate it to the point where it just gets repeated as fact to the point where I know that like, Anybody kind of with a head on their shoulders knows that, like, these cops aren't overdosing by touching fentanyl or being near it. But I guarantee you, for the next 15 years, somebody out there, many people out there, you're going to bump into them and be like, well, you know, that fentanyl was killing cops when it was by them, right? You know, you know that, right? Like, it's yeah. going to be a fact to them. And, and this is like, I mean, not to grandstand, but like, th this is just like the relationship between the press and police off, police, like, precincts in this country is that like yeah they will take a press release from the police and just reprint it verbatim without doing any kind of investigating or questioning it and yeah it's like it thankfully like in this case it makes the cops look incredibly stupid because there are enough people that know otherwise but like there are a lot i mean we're you know not to be a bummer but we're recording this uh the day that the the tapes from Uvalde came out about yeah. like the cops just fucking standing in the hallway, <laughs> yeah, 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 looking yeah. at their fucking phones with the Punisher logo in the background of their phone. Like just, mm, you know, yeah, like it, 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 the media just takes what these people say at face value, despite all evidence that they are full of shit. Most of the time, yeah, that 10% yeah. bitch made element yeah. <laughs> of the cop body just can't be trusted. We can't yeah, dude, like, you gotta it, it investigate. Can't. It can't, man. I, I like, I, I don't know how, how often I talk about this on the podcast, but so I was raised by two soldiers. My mom and my dad were both were both military until I was, I like out of high school. Then my my dad got out of the military. He became a cop, and it like was probably a big source of conflict between me and him in the years mm -hmm. like leading up to his death. Uh, just because I, I was, we were like at one point we were just on complete opposite sides of the law. <laughs> like it was like on some like yeah, it was like on some like we own the night type shit. It was yeah. like it was very weird. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, at, at one point, it, it really, like, when my dad passed away, he died in a, a tragic accident, and the lady that he was dating tried to say they were married, and all of his cop friends co-signed this shit, and I had to get a lawyer, I had to take these dudes to court, they tried to strong-arm me, I'd, I'd, I'd meet with her to, like, try to discuss the, the matters of my dad's estate, hey, there's mm. three officers there, you know, why are right. you guys here, I, I'm an adult, she's an adult, why are you here, well, Junior, we just want to talk about this. And it was like, and they, they, they literally used like the things at their disposal. I was trying to go to my dad's locker and they were like, well, we can't let you back here. And I was like, well, what if yeah. I just walk back there? Well, we'll have to arrest you. Okay. So you're using like everything in your disposal legally to, to fuck with me. And all you're doing is trying to say that this lady was married to my dad. Imagine if one of y'all were on trial for murder, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. What kind of lies would you just be comfortable telling? And so like, it, it was, you know, it, I, I've, I've always, I don't know how, often, how open I've talked about that before, but you know. I want, I want to put that out there. Like cops aren't, and I, I, I'm going to get into that in just a little bit more, but there's a cops have a very adversarial nature with the people they police. And you got to right. always think that they're trying to perpetuate that. And the local media is going to be 
the the way for them to get that the, that those talking points out there, and they just get repeated and repeated. And nobody fact checks, nobody vets it, and next thing you know, the because right, the they're national... like, well, it's a cop, it's a respected person in this yeah. society. So like, why would they lie about your dad being married to this woman? Like, why? Yeah, it's a ex- cop. Like, yeah. you're and you're someone who like. You know, it's like, well, this guy has a record or whatever, and then yeah, this guy's yeah, a cop. No, so why would I believe the guy with the record? Like, yeah, they they try to drag me. Like, they're like, they try to say in court that the reason she wouldn't meet with me was because I was like violent and like I'd done a lot of stupid shit. Violence really isn't on there. You can see it's all very cool, self-serving crimes that make money. You know, <laughs> cool <laughs> crimes only. Yeah, yeah, cool <laughs> crimes only, baby. Nothing Vict- victimless. All right. Yeah. But uh. Yeah, so like I, I did want to get this out of the way real quick. While we're talking about lies and shit, I want to get some facts out about fentanyl. You know, in case you're just tuning in there, uh, fentanyl is dangerous. Okay, <laughs> you know, I, I I disagree with the fentanyl guys on one thing, and that's that it is dangerous. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> no, fentanyl is a synthetic opioid that's up to 50 times stronger than heroin, 100 times stronger than morphine. Um, there are two types of fentanyl. There's pharmaceutical fentanyl and illicitly manufactured fentanyl. Both are very dangerous. However, most cases of fentanyl-related overdoses are linked to illicitly manufactured fentanyl, which is distributed mm-hmm. through illegal drug markets you know, for its heroin-like effect. Um, I thought it was kind of funny. Street names for fentanyl. And, like, like, I ain't out there buying fentanyl, but I still, you know, I still know a pretty uh, a, a large portion of the criminal element in my hometown in, in, in Austin. I've never heard any of this. Street names for illegally manufactured fentanyl include Apache, Dance fever. <laughs> friend. <laughs> just, just friend. Friend? Oh, that's so dark. <laughs> friend and hell, dog. Um, Goodfellas. Jackpot. Murder 8. And tank. Yeah, no one calls it that. Give and me that also, stuff that will kill me. Yeah, That's yeah, what yeah, that yeah, is. Yeah. Murder 8. Stuff, yeah, murder 8. And then uh, I like this one. Tango and Cash. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah. I've, I've only ever heard people call it Fent. But yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, it, it's never been like seeking it. It's been like, hey, this doesn't have that fucking fit. It exactly. Like, it's, yeah. No, yeah. it's it's always like I'm getting my shit tested for fit. Yeah, it's yeah, never, yeah. It is never asked for by name. <laughs> yeah, I never had a guy like roller skate up to be doing a fucking light show. Like, anybody want some fit? <laughs> want some tango and cash? Yeah, some tango and cash, dude. One time uh, with my ex. Her uh, her son like uh, was just you know being a kid like jumped off the fucking couch and hit his head on the coffee table, and uh, we had to take him to the emergency room, and um, he was uh, he uh, had autism so like he would sometimes would like um, not like people touching especially like in time like that where his head's busted open yeah. so we're we're gonna have to uh, you know put him under mm-hmm. to stitch him up. And the paramedic walked up to us, and he, I don't know why the paramedic was inside the hospital. I guess they'd just be all over the place. But he was like, so we're going to go ahead and uh, we're going to um, uh, inject him with, uh, with a, a, a downer essentially called ketamine. And we were like, okay. And he goes, goes by the street name Special K. And I was like, why, <laughs> why the fuck did you tell us that? Why <laughs> did you? Like, you're going to be like, oh, yeah. right. Okay, cool. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead, I didn't ahead, know player. what ketamine was, yeah. but I knew what Special <laughs> K was. And you and the fact that I know what Special K was means that I think it's okay for my child to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just like, oh shit, yeah, yeah. Blast him to the moon, Playboy. Like, <laughs> yeah, like. Has anybody got like a Bluetooth speaker? I'll just put my phone in a cup. It'll be loud. Yeah, enough. let's play it'll some music. It'll be awesome. We'll put yeah. we'll put him in a nice little K hole. It'll be great. <laughs> God, that's so funny. Yeah, I don't. Know what, I wonder what that guy is doing. Right now. So um, now this, like, this has been like a pretty constant. Uh, this is a big story. Every time, it, every time it happens, or every time a, a news agency thinks that that they have the story on their hand, just in the last couple of years, uh, March 2022, Orange County sheriffs, they uh, they were on a fucking, um, they yeah, four county, four sheriff's deputies said they were exposed to fentanyl uh, while they were doing a search of a, of a car. They said, like, a suspicious vehicle while at a gas station. And they they said fentanyl was there, and three deputies became dizzy. Uh, they deployed Narcan on themselves and were taking they deployed Narcan on themselves. <laughs> I mean, I can, I, I, that's just funny to think is that usually, like, if you're overdosing, like... Right. Can you, <laughs> it's not yeah. usually something you can, like, kind of do on... It's not a DIY situation yeah, yeah, normally. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hey man, I think I'm fucking overdosing on fentanyl, brother. I don't know, man. Let me read the directions to the back of this Narcan real quick. Like, 
So um, this is the one you might have seen this this tweet. Uh, it had the fucking uh, the guys uh, walking around in like the hazmat suits, and like that was the <laughs> yeah. tweet. Yeah, so that was that was that one. That yeah, the, they act like they fully act like they need to call in the bomb squad for this. Yeah, stuff, for sure, like, for sure. How do you think the drug dealers sell it if this is <laughs> yeah, what's well, happening? Yeah, what do you think? Like, yeah, like there's just like you see a guy in your fucking corner wearing a hazmat suit. You're like I think that guy's selling fentanyl. <laughs> like, I yeah, I, I guess the idea or the, the way they must rationalize it, they're like, well, they they have a to- they have tolerance. Because yeah, they're users or whatever. I mean, because yeah, you said not, they, these, they're not bitch made, you know. <laughs> right. Well, like you said, these cops are all dorks, so they're like, you know, oh, everyone, uh, you know, everyone who's involved in this must be like a degenerate, like yeah. addict or something, and like I'm not like them, so I'm yeah. sensitive to it or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh no, the fentanyl hurt me. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> so, <laughs> there was a, a 2020 story about. Um, uh, fentanyl exposure on the Golden Gate Bridge, which I just, I'm just thinking like the fucking, um, the, uh, the, the full house theme. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whatever happened to the fentanyl overdose, <laughs> the, the Golden Gate Bridge and the cops, they were comatose. Hey, there we go. So, um, so that is, that is the freestyle rap style <laughs> of Vanilla Presley member, Pat Royce. If you want more so, of that, go see, yeah, go please. see Vanilla Presley. Yeah, Google Vanilla Presley. Uh, man, my my, uh, my fucking NBC credit is like, is uh, on that Johnny Bananas show, and mm-hmm. like I always feel kind of weird saying it, but not when I'm in the middle of the country. I'm just like, yeah, I was on that Johnny Bananas show. It's like his market. They're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Oh, they love it. I love you guys. It's a totally cool show. Um, <laughs> so yeah, this was a uh, four uh, California Highway Patrol officers. So four chips. Uh, it was Eric Estrada four times. Yeah, and he was on the he was on the Golden Gate Bridge. Uh, Those guys them... must fucking hate Eric Estrada. Yeah, <laughs> they must be like so sick of people like you know yeah. just bringing that up to them. That's all I would say if I saw them. <laughs> me too. Uh, me too. Yeah, but they, yes, yeah, so they like they responded to the scene and found uh they, yeah they found a vehicle had crashed and the uh, the guy was asleep at the wheel. And then um, everybody started, everybody's tummy started hurting. <laughs> they're, like, <laughs> they're like, oh, man, I think I had a possible fentanyl exposure. And it's, yeah, so this has been a big story in the news. And it seems that, like, the news is always just following the line of, like, oh, local PD said they were exposed to fentanyl. Hey, was there anybody there drug testing them? No. Did they have any hospital right. reports that said we identified fentanyl? It, no. It's just what the local cops said. Right. It's what Time the media to parroted. reprint this completely verbatim in our newspaper as if it was <laughs> yeah. fact. Yeah. Completely. So, but like now, like I guess the question would be like, is the cops? I mean, as as fucking big a dweebs as they are, are they just like legitimately concerned? And I do believe these guys all think they're legitimately on on fentanyl. Yeah. But I mean, like, but why? I guess I just literally right here, I just have written, but why? So I guess I'll answer. Like, why would cops do that? And I think it breaks down to three reasons. Number one, uh, cops are stupid. Okay, They, they <laughs> lack a fundamental understanding of so much of society that it's kind of insane when you think that they're given any degree of control over it. So they're told to go police these streets and clean up drug addicts, but also like, oh, if you've ever done drugs, you can't be on this. Or if you get, get associated with drug dealers, you can't do this. Uh, you can see people like not make it on the force because of like uh, legal problems that their family had. And yeah. it's just kind of crazy that like we expect people to go out and respond to these situations without like any sort of familiarity or knowledge of it outside yeah. of what they've been told on day one at the fucking police academy. Like, yeah, that's a good, that's a really good point. Yeah. It's yeah, completely, it's just, it's, they're, they're from a complete, like as far outside of this world as you yeah. could be. Yeah, like, I, I, I know drug addicts, man, and, like, I just don't, like, people, like, like, the idea that, like, the cops literally live in a world where, like, um, they, they, where people grab their gun. I'm not saying people don't grab cops' guns, but cops <laughs> live in a world where their gun is, like, is just, you know, their gun is just being constantly lunged at by everyone they yeah. interact with. That well, that, these people... they have, like, the biggest victim mentality of, yes. of anybody, with, especially with the amount of power that they have. They are, yeah, constantly being prepped with this idea that they are, like, relentlessly under attack on all yeah. sides from, like, really everyone in the communities they police. Like, yeah. it, it really is how they carry themselves is, like... And- with that defensive posture all the time. Of, 
Exactly. That leads right on my neck. My second point. Cops are constantly striving to promote a narrative of the world around them as adversarial towards them. Boom. And by cherry-picking these news stories, they're able to foster an environment that is deeply apologetic towards them. Because people, like, I, I know people, like, you know, who, for the most part, are, like, you know, middle-of-the-road Democrats. I mean, which, I mean, to me, it's just Republican light. But, I mean, they'll, even them, it's like, you know, they'll sit here and post about, like, I don't know, like, like you know, like, like they'll post about Black Lives Matter stuff, but then, like, it comes down to it, they're like, yeah, well, you know, cops got a rough job, you know? And it's like, and the more people think that, uh, the, the, the less accountability they have to have because they're able to just be like, like, as long as the gener- the more the general perception is that every time these guys walk outside, people are lunging for their guns, they're fucking blowing goddamn fentanyl in their face like Yokozuna's manager. You know, they're just, like, <laughs> doing all sorts of crazy shit. And then it fosters this environment where whenever they're, they're come to held accountable for their actions, it's like, well, you don't know what it's like. You're not out there. Yeah. You know, peop- yeah, people aren't, you know, blowing fentanyl in your face like at all times and lunging at your weapon. So, and, and I don't like, know. I will say, like, not to, you know, not to give cops any credit at all because, like, <laughs> fuck the cops. But, but like, they do, that. they are trained with the idea that, like, the most kind of intense and important part of this job is the fact that you have to go into these really high stress situations. Like that is part, that is like why you're doing the job. That is really not what most of being a cop is, but it is like, or should it be? Or should it be? No, no, no. Like, yeah, it, I mean, it's, it's like a complete, the entire like way that we go about that role in society is completely wrong, but I understand like why, There are, I, I get how that environment would create people who are a little bit fucking jumpy about stuff. Like, yeah, ex- ex- exactly. <laughs> and that's what they're being told. That's what I was going to ask. I was like, I don't know what level of it, because I don't think, I'll say the cops you see on the streets, true believers of that shit. They they're, yeah. they're they drink the Kool-Aid. They, they 100% believe that narrative being pushed. And I'm like, at some point, there has to be somebody that knows better and is still putting this forward. So I'm thinking like, I don't know, police chiefs, heads of police, uh, you know, unions, uh, FOP, fraternal order, police guys. I don't know where it, it starts, where it goes from being, this is what we actually believe to somebody being like, okay, this is what people need to believe. But there's somewhere yeah. where that switch happens. I, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I don't, I couldn't tell you I, I where at the, uh, up there it does, but I do know that on the ground, cops are true believers. And again, that's kind of part of the problem. They believe that they're in this yeah. world where people well, are, are, are. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, oh no. Yeah. Which is like, like I remember when I worked construction and I was every day, I just got to chuckle on myself. I was like, I have a statistically significantly far more dangerous job than, than, than any of these guys. And it was like yeah. during the fucking the, the 2020 protest summer. And I would just get a kick out of that every day. Well, like I, the thing I was thinking of is like, I know a couple people who are um, social workers and like their jobs also put them in, or ask of them to be in very intense situations like situations where they have to potentially mediate conflict or something which is like kind of what ostensibly what police are supposed to be preparing to do but social workers do not have the same attitude as police about being (laughs) attacked from all sides so it's like the fact that that is like one percent of their job does not explain or excuse this behavior yeah. because it's like it is the culture of their institution. It's yeah, not, of course, the, of course, yeah. So when, anyway. when my when my dad uh, when he when he passed away, like uh, like all my I I just so happened to be down here for a friend's wedding, so I was already in Texas even though I was living in Connecticut at the time. Mm-hmm. So my family from Connecticut all got down there, and like you know the cops went and picked their buddy up from the airport. And we found ourselves at dinner one time, and my dad's, this, this guy was my dad's partner, uh, just a real sack of shit named Charlie Rodriguez, was explaining to, like, my my Matowitz and my aunts, my Matowitz, about it was his night the night before. He goes, yeah, you know, it's crazy out here being a cop. It was a woman who wouldn't show him her ID outside of a club, and he was, like, telling the story about how she kind of, like, pushed him, put her hand on his chest and pushed him. And he was like, I punched her right in the face. And, like, and yeah. And, and that's aunts, his version of the story. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's his version. My, my, my aunts were just like, Oh, Oh, and he was like, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's really rough out there to him. It made perfect fucking sense. Like it was like yeah, the world he God. lived in. This, this, this woman was a threat. So he punched her. And if she had only not, 
been a drunk person outside of a bar like she would have got drunk but it's like dude you're the one you knew you were gonna go deal with drunk people i was a door guy i just walk around fucking hitting people you know like right. you just can't no, do that you know <laughs> that, <laughs> it really is like the it's the same as the social worker analogy it's like <laughs> yeah. door guys have to deal with really high emotion yeah. conflict situations yeah none of us are fuck yeah like not, not not none of us i've worked with some homicidal maniacs or actually not, not worked with i've i've been on the receiving end of some homicidal maniacs of fucking door guys we're just like bro you're not the military man but the 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 third reason i think that cops do this or push this narrative uh Mm -hmm. the third self-serving reason is that they can now paint drug addicts as like these wi-fi hotspots of danger like allowing cops to be as hands-on or as hands-off as suits their purpose and i think i think this is going to help them build the narrative especially as we coming to this, I don't know what the fuck else to call it, this, like, this, this class war that we're entering into where it's just like the, the militarized wing of the state versus regular fucking people that I just hope isn't coming down the pike, but kind of has to be. It's like that they're, they're the, the, the deciding line there. They're like, you know, what do you call it? The militarized wing of the ruling class. Well, these guys are out there. They can be like, you know, oh, hey, I couldn't help that person that was overdosing because I might touch fentanyl. So now, yeah, what, right? yeah, it, then, it really makes them like lepers, like yeah, people it, that it, you it, really, you know, the untouchable <clears throat> class. Absolutely. And then, and then once once that is like is like solidified in there as part of the narrative, well, guess what's next? Well, I had to shoot that guy that was coming at me. I might touch fentanyl. Right. You know, he could rub all, fentanyl on me. Yeah. If all you gotta do is all you gotta do is touch the shit. Yeah. It's it's it's. Because no one is like, more aggressive than a person on fentanyl. Just yeah, 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 absolutely yeah. the most yeah. aggressive, <laughs> violent people. Yeah, just out of out of, out of control, deranged I'm, motherfuckers. Yeah. I'm joking because if you have ever, if you live in America, you probably have encountered a person who's on opiates, but uh, yeah. they don't even move, let alone, yeah. let alone lunge at cops. They're yeah. really not I doing remember, much lunging. Yeah. In the in the Ballad of Russ episode, I talk about uh, the the Rosencrantz and Guildenstern of, of yes. my hood. It was it was Mankey and G Knight. Like, <laughs> man, they were on, they were on bars, which I know mm-hmm. like isn't like opiate. It's like benzos, you know, like but. A lot of similar effects, although people on Benzos will try to fight you if they're drunk enough, too. But <laughs> they were of the ilk of, like, they would pop bars and just pass the fuck out. Yeah. And you'd be, like, trying like, try to clear out a house, like, everybody, like, the party's over, and it'd just be, like, Mankey, like, slapping G-Night, like, man, wake the fuck up. Wake up, bitch, we gotta go. <laughs> just, yeah. Oh, man. So uh, I, I wanted to, to read uh, about, like, kind of, uh, you know, a big reason I, I think cops are doing this, too, is it gives them another method for punishing people because yeah. now not only are you in possession of, of of a controlled substance not only now not only are you probably fucking somewhere recovering from an overdose because you got fentanyl in your shit now if the cops got to touch your fentanyl doing their job and they have a fucking imagined reaction to it well now guess what you're getting charged with something way crazier so yeah, this, uh, it's, it's a weapon now, too. It's yeah, not it's, yeah, just an we- illicit substance that a person <laughs> can consume, you know, through their own consent. It's, yeah, it was, it's it, was like that, it was like that urban legend back in the day, like uh, when X-Pills like, first hit the scene. And everybody was like, oh, if you get if you get if you get popped with intent to distribute, that's manslaughter for every pill. Mm-hmm. And like that was like a big I, I don't think that ever was true, but that was a big rumor back where I was from. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's like a combination of that and then also the societal stigma of all of the AIDS urban legends where it's yeah, like, yeah. we can't like, you know, people are putting HIV needles in pay phones. Like it, it just like adds to this idea, like with the the, um, you know, this kind of thing of like you can't even go near this person yeah. because yeah, yeah, the, yeah, this, the, yeah, they're this a person. villain and they're, and they're going to like get you. They're going to like stick you with something or like, yeah, yeah, yeah they're, they're all, this yeah. Just, and, like, fear of, and, and like, been... I, sorry, I just want to say like uh, one more thing. Just like that was my, my main thing wasn't so much that the cops were going to feel this way, but like the more of these stories that get printed, the less likely people are going to be to, you know, to, to carry Narcan, to yeah, yeah. to try to help a person who's overdosing because they they read these news stories. So it doesn't it's, even just affect policing; it affects yeah. like all of society in this really exactly. Way. It's it's like what we're we're dealing with the fallout now. They they demonize trans people for fucking the last f- four years, and now there's like this thing where like you know you're seeing videos of people running into fucking drag shows or whatever. Just be like you know like everybody thinks that there's this 
this human trafficking ring and they're going to be the guy that's going to go out and solve it that like like if you think that like that can't happen it just happened like we're already dealing with that like 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 they demonized uh trans people in the news and you know like they, they started throwing out like i see I, I i travel through some wild ass parts of the country and i see these little like stickers back or things that shoot your local pedophile right mm-hmm. who doesn't who doesn't hate a pedophile that's sure. a sentence i could completely get behind but i think if you have any degree of media literacy you start to see that doesn't mean go find somebody that that diddle the kid and shoot them it it, right. it, it is definitely coded violence towards trans people or people on uh, what you know the LGBTQ to that extent that, that's that's what that accomplished and it's here that already happened so imagine how many we're only probably a few years from being like oh these fentanyl guys I can't even touch those dudes you know saying like right. they don't deserve my sympathy they don't like I, me as not a cop but just as a person like they're, they're they're less than human now yeah it it really is that's interesting that you bring up the stuff with trans people because I feel like it's it's all the same rhetorical strategy it's all taking something that people that adults do or you know like uh, the way that people are where they aren't fucking bothering anybody like yeah. I, being trans is totally harmless and therefore not at all the same yeah. thing as fentanyl <laughs> but like it's a it's something that like is really none of your business if you're yeah. just an outside person you know what i mean like yeah. not well, I- not your problem not your business and th- the rhetorical strategy that they have used that has been very effective is how can we make turn this thing into a weapon turn yeah. this thing into something that can harm you if you touch somebody who's used fentanyl if you you know if a trans person is like around your kids like yeah. the it's the same like now this is now this is a weapon now this is something that can harm people and therefore we need to stop it and it has been so effective and it is so scary and frustrating and sad yeah it's 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 fucked up i i know people that they i i know who two years ago couldn't told you anything about transgender anything they they, couldn't even tell you about that life experience of anybody and now they know about it and it's like oh you mean the the figurehead for your local child trafficking ring and so it's like I feel (laughs) I feel there is and this is again like if you're just tuning in this is the first slide that you've ever heard I don't normally go super conspiracy theory on this but I don't (laughs) think it's a conspiracy and it's just like I feel like the powers that be are trying to draw these lines and paint like it, it, it's it, it's the, the other side. Look at the other side. They're they're all sexual trafficking people who don't know their own genders. They live within the city, and they're fucking contagious to the point of of like being deathly with fentanyl. You yeah. can't. And I just feel like they're drawing the lines for this culture war, and this gives them a little bit of a jur- like a, a judicial. Uh, offense weapon because yeah. that a guy named Justin Buckle uh, describes he was um, arrested in May 12, 2017 in East Liverpool, Ohio. He had just been released from jail. He was pulled over. The officer was quickly joined by uh, the officer who pulled him over was uh, joined by Chris Green, a local police officer who was off duty but happened to be nearby. The officer searched Buckle's car for drugs and found powder that later tested positive for fentanyl. Buckle said that at the scene, uh, at the scene, the powder in the vehicle might include fentanyl. He said that he's like, "Hey, it might have fentanyl." I don't know. He was yeah. arrested. At least an hour later, Green complained to a colleague he didn't feel well. He had brushed some powder off his shirt, touching it with his bare skin. The colleague <gasps> later, yeah, oh no, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I remember the time I, I I went over my daily carbon take because I dusted flour off my shirt. And, uh, right. <laughs> yeah, it, is, it doesn't make any fucking sense. They said, yeah, so he became saturated in sweat and was barely coherent. Uh, Green told BuzzFeed News that he remembers panicking, trying to talk, and falling forward, but nothing after that. He was taken to the hospital and treated for an overdose. Buckle pleaded guilty to its charges, including trafficking and possession, and was sent to the prison for six and a half years. In addition, he was charged with assault on a peace officer for exposing Green to fentanyl, which made up a year and a half of the jail time. So it's like, this right, is... yeah, assault on a police officer because he he had some drugs. Like, like, where where does the fact that you're you're supposed to touch these fucking drugs as part of your job, anyways, pussy? And like, how are you just gonna get mad? Like, like you touch? I it, it's it really is. It's like, your honor, somebody... if this police officer had simply minded his own damn business, <laughs> yeah, 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 you weren't even working that day. <laughs> <laughs> you just showed up. Oh God. Oh, it makes me yeah, so mad. Yeah, that's really that's really scary <clears throat> that that worked on a jury. Yeah, that and, they... and that, that, 
Yep. And he, uh, you know, and, and I don't know how he's doing now, but this is 2018. I, I hope he's doing okay. But that's just like, like that's just one story. And then, and then right over, um, CBS, uh, fictional fucking cop show had a plot line in which an officer was rushed to the hospital after touching a tray containing fentanyl. And I don't know if CBS is aware of the power they have over family members that have stopped fucking rationally thinking. But, like, they... <laughs> man, I just remember CBS, like, they always fall on the right side, on, like, like literally the like the, the right, right wing side of everything. I remember, like, after fucking 9-11, it was just like, you turn on CBS, any show that came on past seven was like, hey, we have eight Puerto Rican dudes playing the Taliban in this one, and they're in your neighborhood somehow. <laughs> so, like, like they, they, yeah, so this is a narrative that's being pushed, and I don't fucking know where it starts. It's kind of, it's, it's a little maddening, because I think most of the people who, who propagate this believe it. I really do think they, they think they believe yeah. that you can die by touching fentanyl. I think most of the cops believe that it can happen, too. Someone out there knows this is misinformation and they're still pulling the I mean, I'm sure it's more than one person, but it's just like, it's crazy that all these medical professionals are just speaking up and being like, hey, none of this shit happened. This isn't real. And also what you're doing is you're creating a stigma that just increases the harm for people who are already on drugs, people who need the help of the police and the institutions right. the most. Yeah. And, and, and you're making it seem like, literally, like you said, like they're a leper, like you can't even touch them. So, I don't know, that's about what i got uh <laughs> it's, uh, it's interesting because like i um like when i hear these stories i think a lot about i have like you know i i have some anxiety problems and they've manifested in different ways over the course of my life and i don't really deal with this anymore but um when i was younger i was i wouldn't say i was a hypochondriac but i would occasionally get fixated on some kind of medical problem and convince myself that I had it and then send myself into a panic attack over it. It's happened. It, yeah. it used to happen to me a little bit in college. And like, I, it really is. It's, it's amazing how powerful your mind can be. And I, I think if you've never sort of consciously identified th those kinds of things, like a, a panic attack or something like that, you don't realize how much control your brain really has over your physical body in that way. Like it manifestly feels real. Like when I, yeah. when I would convince myself that I had a, a blood clot in my leg and it was going to travel to my lungs and I would stop breathing, I would be convinced that my leg was swelling up. Like I would, and it would, yeah. it would start, it would start to swell up because I would be freaking out. And like my hands would swell up because of my blood pressure would raise because I was nervous. Like, it, it really is like I am sure that these cops are told be careful around fentanyl and then they see powder on their uniform and they convince themselves that this is what's happening. And it's out. It's it's out of your conscious control at that point. Like, yeah, I don't think these guys are like faking their symptoms. I don't think this woman at the McDonald's is faking her symptoms because if I'm not mistaken, uh, her husband is a cop. From what I heard, so, I, you know what I don't know for a fact, but I, I saw her. She she had strong like cop wife vibes, but I, <laughs> I have to add, under five years married. <laughs> like, I don't think she's come to to resemble what a cop's wife turns into, but the, yeah. <laughs> but like I, you know, I she and that whole story like. She was on a road trip. She has a bunch of kids. She was probably really tired. She bent down to pick up uh, a dollar and then stood back up. If you haven't, like, drank enough water that day, that can make yep. you dizzy. Like, yeah. there, there are just so many, like, physical manifestations of these things that I think people take as, like, proof without understanding that, like, it doesn't mean you're, like, intentionally making it up, but that doesn't mean that it's really happening either. Like, there yeah. is... There is a really complicated like brain body connection in that way. And when you yep. go through all this fucking cop training that makes you a a little bitch and be <laughs> like, uh, you know, on the lookout for this kind of stuff. Like, I'm not surprised that these yep. guys are convincing themselves of this. The thing is, I'm pretty sure if you have a history of panic attacks, they don't even let you be a cop. So these guys probably don't know what's happening to them. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, this is, I never thought about that. And, and these kinds of, like, sort of, quote-unquote, hysterical reactions to things are really, like, female-coded. So, like, 
if a man presents with these types of symptoms, they're going to be believed as real and not psychogenic. Whereas like when a woman does it, it's like a lot more likely to be kind of questioned and dismissed. So I think, and like all of these stories about these cops, it's all men. So like, I, I just think there's like all of this other kind of cultural stuff that is playing into this. Yeah. And it, it, there, yeah, there really, there really is. Like, I, I feel like it's like, yeah. The, the idea that like, uh, you know, like that, I, I see like the idea coming from, I got, I hate to keep saying like left and right and shit, but the idea coming out the right of like, Oh, uh, everyone's response to COVID was a massive overreaction. You know, it's like mm-hmm. whatever kind of like cultural thing that allowed that set of beliefs you know, to foster that idea. I'd be like, yeah, I can see that. I can see that same set of beliefs, you know, fostering this idea that like, oh no, but yo, but, but fentanyl, yeah, that can like, that can get caught up by the jet stream and we'll all die. Right. You know, like, right. COVID <laughs> is not contagious, but fentanyl is like that. <laughs> yeah. 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 It, it, it's uh it's crazy. It's so like, I don't know. There's usually, again, if you're tuning in for the first time, I have a feeling this, 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 uh, this title is going to catch a few first time listeners. Um, if you tune in for the first time, we usually, determine if a scam was worth it or not at the end of it and i gotta say whoever is perpetually and knowingly um spreading this misinformation that fit milk can kill you by looking at you uh <laughs> to them it is worth it because the what they're achieving is uh, a divided public an angry police force uh instability and an environment where cops are going to be let off the hook for some crazy fucking behaviors because Hey, I couldn't let Fentanyl Man touch me because we all read the comic books and that's how he gets you. You know, like it, it, it's gonna it's gonna give them some leeway on some shit. I, I, time statement. I don't want to be right about this, but I'm gonna say there's going to be an act of police brutality at some point where the guy was like, "Yeah, if you would have hugged me, I would have died of a fentanyl overdose." So <laughs> I had to shoot that man who was trying to. Oh hug man. Me. On the other hand, counterpoint. <laughs> To try to to try to bring a little bit of light back into this very dark situation, which I totally agree with you, is is the road we are heading down. However, a very good escape plan from the cops is you just get some some flour, and <laughs> you just you do like you said, like Yokozuna's manager. You yeah, just, yeah. Ooh, it's fentanyl, and then you blow it in their faces, yeah, yeah. and they all freak the fuck out. But it's not fentanyl. You never, you never had yeah. fent. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I mean, you still absolutely get in trouble. But yeah, uh, yeah, you're still getting, like you're still breaking your legs. But like you know, you like, will, be, but you will be yeah. immortalized as a folk hero. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just run through, like yeah, run through like like wherever the cops hang out of here. like you see like two cop cars parked back to back at each other like a church parking lot. Just run up, just like fentanyl, just like throw it out. Yeah, like yeah, you, just a paper bag full of flour. Yeah. You just like smash it on one of them. And there's a big. <laughs> powder bomb i think it'd be great I, yeah. i'd get a kick yeah. out of it yellow out fentanyl like leroy jenkins and shit yeah <laughs> oh my god <laughs> did you did you see have you seen barry the show no barry no i have people say it's real good there's a there's an amazing like there's a character who is exactly like the cops we're talking about and oh, there is yeah. there is a part where he yells Leroy Jenkins, and it is one of the funniest <laughs> things. Just like it's such a wonderful distillation of that kind of guy. Yeah, like, it's oh, great. Anyway, love a Leroy well, Jenkins ref, but yeah, I yeah, would say yeah, yeah. Um, doing fentanyl not worth it. Um, accidentally being near fentanyl and then having a panic attack not worth it. Um, <laughs> being the person uh, waging class war. Very worth it. It's been very yeah. successful. So. Yeah, yeah, they're they're cool. doing a great job, man. That's it's, it's like, God, I, it's one of these things. It's like, like I just like they, I don't know, man. The, the low road gets results, bro. I don't know what else to say. It's insane. So, yeah, man. oh well. That being said, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Like I said up top, if you liked what you heard, we do have a Patreon. It's patreon.com slash lie, cheat, and steal. You can get access to two more episodes a month, plus our entire back catalog. We've got some great stuff in there. And you get access to our Discord server, where it's just turned into a really great place to learn about NFT scams and kind of just a a beautiful fireside place to watch the market collapse. It's been great. (laughs) Um, That being said, you can find me on Twitter. It's at PZTX. That's P-E-E-Z-Y-T-X. I am on tour right now. I'm going to be all over the the Northeast, or sorry, Northwest and uh, and the Midwest and then back out in August. So check out my tour dates. Um, I'm going to be at Shits Golden 
in Austin, Texas. When I get back, it's my, my little homecoming show. And that's going to be on August 1st, I believe. Yeah, August 1st. So, uh, yeah, come on out to Spider House Ballroom. Uh, Kathy, got anything for us? Yeah, um, I'm going to be in Austin July 27th through the 31st. Right. I'm, I, am I going to miss I got, you? Or are you going to? No, I'll be back. You'll be back? Sweet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I'll be, I'm doing a show at Buzzmill on that Wednesday. I'm going to be at the Velveeta Room with my friend Kate Willett on Friday and Saturday. That'll be really fun. Um, I have shows in New York all the time. Follow me on Twitter at Kath Barbadoro. Uh, Google Narcan training and your town name, and uh, you'll get some free Narcan, which is a good thing to have. And uh, I also want to say, if you're a first-time listener, most of our episodes are not this heavy. The last one we did on the Patreon was about a foot fetish website. So (laughs) definitely check out the rest of our catalog. And uh, thank you so much for listening. Yeah, guys, thanks for listening. Uh, Have fun out there. Be safe, be smart, but above all, don't get caught. Don't get caught. See you next time.